0: Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zora.
1: Africa, Amika, Na Unite.
2: Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on DSTV's audio bouquet Channel 802 and on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm Lulu Kabu in studio with Anne Musa and Tabiso Lohoko. In our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa... Zimbabwe's High Court denies bail to the investigative journalist Hopewell Chinono, limiting his freedom chances ahead of his trial. A secretary general of South Africa's governing party calls for legislation prohibiting family members of politicians from doing business with government to be formulated. And in economics news, individuals and businesses in Kenya have until end of this month to apply for amnesty on defaulted taxes or re- risk seizure and auctioning of their property. But first up the news with Ann Lusar.
3: SABC News, independent and impartial from an African perspective.
4: Good morning, I'm Anne Musa. International concern is growing on the crackdown on dissidents in Zimbabwe where at least six people have been arrested in recent days after taking part in peaceful protests. In South Africa, former Cabinet Minister Sidney Mufumadi and the former National Assembly Speaker Bale Kambete have been appointed as special envoys to Zimbabwe. They've been tasked with identifying ways that South Africa can assist Zimbabwe to overcome its current problems, Mufamadi and Mbete are expected to meet with stakeholders, including PF officials, following recent reports of what the presidency describes as difficulties. Nomapulane reports.
5: The two special envoys are expected to identify possible ways in which South Africa can assist Zimbabwe. Sydney, Mufamadi and Bela will depart as soon as travel arrangements can be confirmed. South Africa had been criticized by many for not publicly commenting on the situation in the neighboring country. But on Thursday, government said that International Relations Minister Naledi Pando has been in communication with her counterparts regarding the developments in the country. The ANC has also revealed that Zimbabwe's matter
4: has been discussed at SADC and AU levels. Guinea's ruling party has nominated President Alpha Conde to stand for a third term, taking advantage of a new constitution to circumvent a two-term limit on presidential candidates. In a speech on Thursday, Conde stopped short of formally accepting the nomination. Talk of his running again has sparked widespread protests that have killed at least 30 people over the past year. The number of confirmed coronavirus cases in Africa has surpassed the one million mark. According to several tallies of official figures, nearly 22,000 Africans have died of COVID-19. South Africa is the worst hit country on the continent, accounting for more than half of the cases. Egypt and Nigeria also have a high number of infections. 306 more people have died of COVID-19-related complications in South Africa, bringing the national death toll to 9,604. According to the health department, the country has recorded 8,307 new coronavirus infections. This puts the cumulative number of infections at 538,184. Zoleka Kodashe reports.
6: kwazulu Nadal recorded the highest number of fatalities at 78 followed by Gauteng with 75, the Eastern Cape 66, the Western Cape 46, the Free State 23, and the Northern Cape 18. The Eastern Cape has breached the 2,000 mark, registering a total of 2,033 deaths. Meanwhile, the increase in infections has led to Nadal breaching the 90,000 mark, with a total of 90,115 cases. However, the number of recoveries in the country now stands at over
4: 387,000, translating to 72%. There have been protests near Parliament in the Lebanese capital Beirut where a small crowd vented their anger at authorities after Tuesday's devastating explosion. Riot police used tear gas to try to disperse the protesters but the crowd threw stones and lit fires. Many Lebanese blame the political elite's negligence and corruption for the blast in which 137 people were killed, the BBC's Tom Bateman reports. <laughs>
0: Despair is turning to anger in a city mourning its dead, whose numbers continue to rise. Social media accounts are filled with the faces of scores of those still missing, while up to a quarter of a million people remain without homes fit to live in. A military court said the investigation was continuing into how nearly 3,000 tonnes of explosive ammonium nitrate was apparently left for years in a docks warehouse
4: and finally in sports news the Botswana Football Association has confirmed the move professional the move professional professionalism on the premiership on the country, much like South Africa's Premier Soccer League, it means the elite competition will be administered independently of the National Association. The company, Botswana Premier League, will have all 16 Premier League clubs as shareholders and it will be a standalone company which will run the errands independently from the BFA. The BFL will only be a special member of the federation as per FIFA standards and and guidance. Content aggregator and sport journalist at Gabs fm juan Paul kirileng has more details.
6: There's no new top flight league being started. It's the same league with the same teams that qualify or have qualified. The difference is they will now be a corporate entity to run the league more professionally. The company will comprise will of all elite teams which will mean more results-orientated with emphasis on return on investment. It's a more autonomous leak, which will directly deal with all leak properties with sponsors and stakeholders.
4: And that's the news headlines at 7.30 Central African Time.
3: SABC News. Independent and impartial. From an African, From an African perspective. perspective.
7: perspective.
2: Thank you, Anne. It's 7.07 Central African Time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. Zimbabwe's High Court has denied bail to the investigative journalist Hopewell Chinono, limiting his freedom chances ahead of his trial. Chinono was arrested ahead of a protest against corruption scheduled for the 31st of July following some COVID-19 scandal exposure that he also made. Meanwhile, the momentum for Chinono's release in a campaign In a campaign, Hashtag Zimbabwean Lives Matter is growing, thereby pushing governments on the continent to react. Simon Muchema reports from Harare.
1: The High Court in Zimbabwe has denied bail to investigative journalist Wopo Chingono, who was arrested end of July for allegedly inciting public violence. The decision by the High Court Thursday limits Chingono's chances to freedom ahead of his trial, as only the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court, remains his last hope. His offense is that of using his social media to spread messages against corruption in Zimbabwe after he unaresed a COVID-19 looting linked to the president's family. According to human rights defenders, Hopewell is being persecuted, but the government says Hopewell was acting like a terrorist. A devastated Beatrice Mutetwa, lawyer for Hopewell, expressed concern at the Harare High Court Thursday afternoon. The irony of Wopo's arrest is that those arrested for corruption he exposed were immediately allowed to bail and are walking freely. One of those linked to the scandal was former minister Obediah Moyo who was chauffeur driven in his land cruiser to the court instead of a police van. Moyo was immediately allowed to bail and was let free on the same day and he never slept in a police cell. Other government officials involved in the matter were also treated the same and are free while the whistleblower Hopewell is in jail, Mutetwa bemoaned. Meanwhile, Zimbabwe is on the limelight again after human rights defenders across the continent started an online campaign, hashtag Zimbabwean Lives Matter, requesting the release of Opo Chungono End and End to corruption. Currently, Zimbabwe is facing one of its worst economic challenges that has brought the health delivery system to its knees. This is happening at a time when cases of COVID-19 are on the increase with hospitals becoming death chambers owing to shortages of manpower and medicines. Government is adamant the economy has been affected by targeted sanctions imposed on PF elites, while ordinary citizens say corruption is the root of all the challenges. While this is happening, innocent lives are being helplessly lost daily to COVID-19 in Zimbabwe. For Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Samon Nmuchemwa.
2: The African National Congress Secretary General Ace Mahashule says a legislation prohibiting family members of politicians from doing business with government must be regulated. Mahashule was speaking during an interview with the SABC following the party's NEC meeting last weekend. Recent reports revealed that family members of several ANC leaders have been awarded COVID-19 related tenders. These include President Sulra Maposa and his spokesperson, Kusela Diko, former Cabinet Minister Nomvula Mukonyane, Deputy Minister in the Presidency, Tim B. Siweya, and Mahashule himself. Nomalizo Mandela reports.
7: Ace Mahashule said if there is conflict of interest in family members of politicians doing business with government, it must apply to all politicians.
8: If, if it is a conflict, it means all of us South Africans and all political parties must see it as such and we must then legislate. And we must create and, and act legislation about it and all of us uh, will, will be happy because we'll abide by the laws of the country, we'll abide by the Constitution of South Africa. Presently, the Constitution, if you read it, it says anybody and everybody who's a South African has a right to participate in the economic activities of South Africa.
7: Makashule said all COVID-19-related corruption must be investigated objectively. He said attention must not be diverted from real corrupt individuals.
8: Certain people don't divert attention from the fact that millions and billions and trillions in this COVID uh, are actually being taken, and whenever there is a fee, something comes in to divert the attention from the real uh, people who are eating into, who are thieves, and who are actually making sure that. they divert the attention of south africans
7: he criticized escom's move to cut off electricity of non-paying municipalities adding that non-viable municipalities will never be able to pay the debt owed to the power utility
9: the poorest
8: electricity is being cut off the billions which escom is being owed will never be paid by non-viable municipalities i can assure that of that and this is why the south african government needs to occupy that space and ESCOM needs to understand that uh, you can't charge people penalties and interest, which are so unreasonable, which doesn't make sense, uh, which have been there for years. Uh, if you miss to pay ESCOM now, there is a penalty, there's interest, which doesn't make
7: sense for me. On the current crisis in Zimbabwe, Mahashule said President Cyril Ramaphosa, in his capacity as AU chair, is in touch with Zimbabwean President emerson Nangagwa.
8: President Bamaposa as the uh, AU uh, leader of the AU, is actually in touch with uh, President Monangagua. And I think we should leave them and give them that space. Of course we are uh, talking to uh, we have talked to those Zimbabweans who are uh, exiled here in the country. Uh, we have talked to them, they have raised their concerns, and we are trying to facilitate the, the discussions. Uh, between them
2: and uh, zanu Kiev and the leadership of uh, Zimbabwe. That report by Nomalizo Mandela.
10: Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story.
11: Cabinet has decided that all public schools should take a break for the next four weeks. Now, this has also been the experience in a number of other countries where schools have opened and have also had to close due to the circumstances that each country has had to confront. This means that schools will be closed from the 27th July and will reopen on the 24th of August.
12: Channel Africa. For your
11: latest on the novel coronavirus disease for Channel Africa, Amoki Kinzaka in Yaounde, Cameroon. Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth. Hands touch many surfaces and can pick up viruses.
2: It's 7.17 Central African Time, and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine, coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. Our South Africa's Health Minister, Dr. Zweli Mkise, says he is satisfied with the use of the Richmond TB Hospital for COVID-19 patients in the Goswami Natal Midlands. Mkize kicked off his two-day visit to the province ahead of a COVID-19 pandemic reaching an unexpected peak there in the coming weeks. He also visited Durban's Clarewood Hospital, where an additional 200-bed field hospital has been added. Nongkulu reports.
13: Mkize says provinces with big populations, including Gauteng and Natal, are expected to carry larger numbers of COVID-19 cases. He says they will be closely monitoring these provinces. Mkize visited the newly renovated facility in Richmond in the Midlands. The 95-bed facility is already admitting COVID-19 patients. Mkize urged people who have tested positive for the virus to make use of such facilities.
11: We are therefore going to be encouraging that... uh <clears throat> where, uh, that uh, uh, our departments must talk to the funeral palace. People who died at home, uh, they need to actually, we need to make sure that we can swap them, just get a quick sense of whether they could have had uh, symptoms suggestive of COVID, so we can swap them because uh, the excess death contains two groups of people. There would be those who would have uh, uh, died because of COVID, but no one diagnosed them, so no one knows it was COVID for sure. But we do know that they are there, so but the proportionality, nobody can tell.
13: Mkize also urged hospital management to ensure staff safety at their workplaces.
11: So we are going to be working together to ensure that the issues of staffing are taken care of. Uh, we also want to be making sure that uh, the issues of uh, PPEs for the staff is also taken care of and that uh, we tighten up management. Management needs to really manage and they must work together with uh, the trade unions and ensure that all the issues and the challenges that are being raised by staff and members of the unions are attended to so that uh, as we move on, the issues of occupational health and safety of our staff is uh, taken as priority. The staff is, has got to be looked after. We have to make sure that our uh, health workers Uh, don't continue to be uh, infected, and certainly if they are, they shouldn't be infected from within the uh, hospital setting. We do know that uh, many of us can also be affected at the community level, but we need to make sure that the infection uh, does not really uh, cross from patient to staff, and from staff to patient.
13: Meanwhile, Mkize says he supports steps taken by Finance Minister Tidomboweni in fighting corruption in the issuing of COVID-19 tenders.
11: We endorse, we support, and therefore, because we believe that uh, COVID-19 is a crisis that we must not ever take advantage of and allow anyone to, uh, you know, uh, try to profit out of a crisis of this nature. And therefore, uh, we want to make sure that we work together with Treasury uh, to uh, streamline the uh, the uh, procurement processes to make sure that there's no price gouging that the prices are stable so people don't
13: exploit government. Mkize also raised concerns about the high number of people who are dying at home without being diagnosed. He says it is also disappointing that there are still people not wearing masks or adhering to lockdown regulations. I'm in Durban.
2: We all know fake news can be dangerous, but in this situation, it can lead to people dying. This is the view of the South African medical profession through bodies like the South African Hypertension Society, which is calling on the media to help them in their quest to save lives through their campaign, because I say so. This follows what they call an untruth circulating, encouraging people suffering from high blood pressure or hypertension to stop taking their hypertensive medication. To discuss this further, Samura Mangesi spoke to Dr. Martin Mbe, a Gauteng-based cardiologist and president of South African Hypertension Society.
12: This also baffles me. I think the problem with hypertension is that it's a very, very asymptomatic disease. In 99% of cases, you feel nothing. And to encourage people to keep on taking medication when there's no effect from taking medication or from not taking medication, which is immediately felt, then it becomes a mammoth task to encourage one to continue to taking medication. I guess that's where this um, false advice comes from.
14: And doctor, what is likely to happen? Should patients uh, stop taking their medication as prescribed, particularly during this period of the COVID-19 pandemic?
12: Yeah, you see the problem with hypertension is that it's a disease of latency. When one is exposed to the risk, you may not necessarily pay the penalty immediately when you don't comply with taking medication. But what would normally happen in a person with a poorly controlled blood pressure is that they'll develop target organ damage. And in the setting of COVID-19, the clinical data shows that those ones who tend to have severe form of disease and poor outcomes are the ones who, are, who have got high blood pressure, are poorly controlled and contract COVID at the same time. So poor controls of blood pressure lead to serious complications in COVID-19
14: cases. What are some of the reasons why high blood pressure is called the silent killer?
12: Yeah, the reason high blood pressure is called the silent killer is because there is no symptom, meaning that you feel nothing. You know, this um, um, false belief that when the blood pressure is high, people will feel it is I don't know, it's it's, it's based on on some um, data which cannot be verified. When the blood pressure is high, you don't feel anything. The headache that one tends to feel, which is associated with um, blood pressure elevations, may be the cause of the blood pressure going up, because any cause of distress in the body will push the blood pressure up. It's called the silent killer, because for as long as the, the numbers are high, you feel nothing. The only time you start developing symptoms is when you develop complications like visual impairment, like stroke, like heart attacks like heart failure, kidney failure, and so forth.
14: And how can the media, government, pharmaceuticals, and South African citizens work together in order to beat the silent killer?
12: Maybe to put it in perspective, when you look at the number one killer in in South Africa at the moment, which um, which has overtaken your HIV, AIDS, and TB, sexually cardiovascular disease, with high blood pressure elevations, or hypertension being the biggest contributor who has this cardiovascular complications. And when we look at the level of awareness of um, blood pressure elevation, when you look at the population of people with hypertension, the level of awareness is less than fifty percent 73% of people with high blood pressure are not aware that they've got high blood pressure. And the only way we can identify those numbers is if we develop a habit of measuring blood pressure without waiting for symptoms. And the the contribution of the media is towards educating people on the need to know their numbers. And for those whose numbers are high, there's a need to take medication, even if they don't feel anything. And then also, the intention is not just to give pills, but to control the blood pressure. So we need to educate people about the need to measure the blood pressure, to know what normal blood pressure values are, and to also appreciate that taking medication is not just swallowing pills but then we must correlate the taking of pills with the blood pressure levels that are coming down to normal levels.
14: And uh, doctor, do you have any tips on how people can avoid developing hypertension?
12: Yeah, the beauty with hypertension is that it is a disease of latency and it tends to be forgiving. So you are given enough time to deal with the blood pressure elevations in two ways. The one way is... um, lifestyle management strategies, and the second strategy is to give pills. Not everybody will need to take pills if we manage the lifestyle properly. Lifestyle measures that will improve blood pressure control, number one, will be reducing salt intake. Number two will be reduction of sugar intake. We need to bring down the body weight. We need to exercise, do some movement. When you exercise, that will also help you lower the blood pressure. And also for those who take alcohol is to drink responsibly. One or two serings in a day should be enough because excessive alcohol intake will also increase the blood pressure reading. And the one other thing that should not be done is sexually smoking. One cigarette per day is just one too many and people should try and abstain or refrain from smoking.
2: That's Dr. Martin Mbe, a gauteng based cardiologist and president of the South African Hypertension Society, speaking to Samura Mangesi. A nurse from Scottborough on South Africa's Guazul-Natal south coast is raising the spirits of patients at the clinic where she works with her jokes Dancing and singing, 57-year-old uh, Sister Tatakaile Tataka Kumete has uh, taken caregiving to another level as she even prepares food for her patients. Fanalimshonga reports.
5: Sister Tatakaile Kumete, affectionately known as Mapingu, makes her patients forget about their illnesses as she entertains them with music and dance while they wait for their consultation. <laughs> Sister Komete has been a nurse for 33 years in different health facilities in the province. She says she chose this profession because she wanted to serve the people. Sister Komete and the staff members at Pilani Clinic at Svagtire in Scottberg always start their day by singing and educating the patients. Pilani Clinic is in the rural areas on the Wazul Natal south coast where many residents are unemployed. Kumete also grows vegetables within the clinic premises to assist some patients. She says she wants patients to feel at home, away from home, and become stable
6: enough to discuss their illnesses. Worse now that we have these diseases, that diseases that are making us lose our self-esteem. So you'll find that the patient at home is not accepted perhaps is being ill-treated because of this uh, a disease that she has S- so my dancing and singing uh, for them i'm i'm trying to make them laugh at the same time making them feel at home people are scared of nurses they can't even say what is wrong with them so i'm trying to make the home Environment as you you know, they call me mapping. They don't even call me sister Kumede. I want a person when she comes here to feel free. Kumede composes
5: songs that are informative. As the country is battling with the COVID-19 pandemic, she has composed a song that encourages people to follow
6: precautions to prevent the spread of the virus. By me doing this, making them laugh, making them forget uh, uh, just for a minute their problems, I'm treating them psychologically and emotionally. When they come to me, they talk to me about their problems, that is emotional. Then physically, uh, the pill that the nurse is having, the job for the pill or for medicine will be very easy, will be smooth sailing, because this patient is now psychologically and emotionally uh, a well sister Komede also encourages the young nurses to uphold their nurses pledge i'm saying to the nurses this person who has come to you left her home to come to you make her feel wanted make her feel loved all the politics surrounding our work uh, working condition that this person doesn't know about that this person has only come to you to get help let those who are in position to handle your problems let them handle their problems and you handle your problem which is patient care and that my child is very satisfying one of sister Komede's patients
5: Mzulini, says kumede's attitude makes it easy to communicate with him mom
13: kumede treats
6: us with humor she is kind she sings and dances for us We even forget about our sickness. I always enjoy coming to the clinic when she's on duty.
5: Sister Kometa says that her face that some nurses put on makes it difficult for patients to speak openly about their physical and psychological challenges. I'm Fanny Remchlongo, Kwakale in (laughs) Skolberg.
2: At seven thirty-one, Central African time, and our headlines up next with Ann Musa.
3: SABC News, independent and impartial, from an African
7: African perspective. perspective.
4: Good morning, I'm Anne Musan. the headline. South Africa's Justice Minister Ronald Lamola has called on all those who have evidence of corruption related to the COVID-19 pandemic to present it to law enforcement officers for them to investigate. International concern is growing on the crackdown on dissidents in Zimbabwe where at least six people have been arrested in recent days after taking part in peaceful protests. And some 3,000 Afghan tribal elders and political figures will hold a grand assembly in Kabul to discuss the release of 400 Taliban prisoners. Those are the stories making headlines.
3: SABC News. Independent and impartial. From an African perspective.
2: Thank you. And South Africa dedicates the month of August to women honoring and celebrating those who are making waves, defying the norm and pushing boundaries. One of them is Lusanda Rapulu, who is making a name for herself and changing the status quo in the legal industry, which has a reputation for being predominantly male. Rapulu heads the employment and benefits practice at leading African law firm Bowman's. She earlier joined us on the line to share highlights of her journey to inspire younger women just starting out with their legal careers. Um, I think
3: getting into it, um, there's been a lot of improvement in the legal sector. Certainly when we look at the trainee uh, numbers coming into legal firms, the female numbers are actually quite high and quite equal to the male. Uh, So it's usually 50% male-female and sometimes a bit higher on the female. I think the challenges really come in terms of retention um, in keeping the females in the legal sector uh, through the ranks. Um, So, you know, I think in that respect, there are various challenges um, challenges such as representation, you know, I think representation definitely matters. And when you don't see people uh, who look like you and sound like you in, in senior positions, um, it's more difficult to see things possible for yourself um, and to be able to stick through the challenges knowing that, you know, your dreams are, are possible. Um, the other thing I think is, is sponsorship. You know, I think it's important to have someone senior who knows you, uh, who knows you well, and is able to talk about you and say good things about you in important rooms where you aren't there. Um, and I think females have less of that. I think males. Uh, because of the so-called boys club, you know, they, they more have those connections where there's someone who can say good things about you and, and get your name out there to other senior people.
2: Talk us through your journey, your personal journey. You speak of sponsorship, you speak of, um, you know, uh, the senior councils saying good things about you in, in about people, Well young uh, talent in in, in the legal industry, um, you know, behind closed doors and boardrooms and so on. But your journey, take us through your journey and and how challenging it was for you to get to where you are today.
3: Um, So my journey, I've only ever worked at Bowman's. I started there with Articles in in 2004 um, until I I made partner in, in 2012. Um, I think my journey in itself, you know, I've gone through all these different things myself. I've had to uh, stick through the highs and lows. Um, And I think, you know, the other thing that I personally experience, and I think many females um, experience, uh, depending on their own personal decisions, of course, is having children, you know. I've taken maternity leave twice. Um, And that definitely, uh, you know, results in the dip. Uh, in your career, whether while you're on maternity leave or when you come back. You know, you're certainly not putting in the same numbers while you uh, working hours uh, in terms of your available hours while you've got young babies. Um, and you have to stick through those years. So for me, I think that's really been a challenge in terms of knowing that as a female, you're likely to go through stuff that your male counterpart's uh, will not be impacted on as much. You know, they have children, but they're not taking as anything they You know, they're not reducing their available hours. Um, so as a female, that's something that I've gone through and I've had to stick through those baby years um, and know that, you know, my children will get older. I will be able to put in the longer hours. I just have to be resilient and, and stick through
2: it. Now you're the head of employment and benefits practice. Does it get easier at the top? You've also, um you know, sat as an acting judge at labour courts. How does it feel?
3: It does get easier. It gets easier in that you know you put in your years, so you start to grow your own client base. You know, people start to get to know you. Uh, your name gets more out there. So it definitely does get easier. Um, I do think, you know, in terms of acting judges, et cetera, uh, there's still scope for having more female representation. Um, but I do think that it, it, it does get easier, but it, get, it gets easier with, with time. It's a, it's a time game. You have to put in the time.
2: And what's your assessment um, in terms of efforts to reforming the legal system to, to balance gender representation? Are we seeing significant um, strides?
3: I think the reforms are good. Um, I mean, frankly, I think there are many organizations who wouldn't have the female numbers that they have but for so the fact that the law requires them to make those strides. Um, so I think the reforms are good. Um, I think that, it, you know, as I said, it's a time game. Um, so the, the, the strides are there, but it's not something quick. It's something that takes time. Um, and, you know, as I said right at the beginning, you may get high female numbers, when people are trainees, but you may not have the same numbers once people are partners, uh, people might jump off for many various reasons. So it's, it's, it's making strides, but knowing that it is going to take time. It, it's American, it's not a sprint.
2: Now, Lysandra, what's your message to upcoming female law practitioners? Um, how can you prepare them for what lies ahead and also encourage them to stand up for themselves? I think my message for them
3: is that it's a, it's a fulfilling career, um there's lots that's very interesting you grow a lot you're always learning um and i think there's just a diversity of the kind of work that you can do from advisory work to litigious work to transactional work and you know now with the increased use of technology in the workplace there is just so much but to prepare them i think For me, the message is it's not going to be easy. Um, It's not going to be smooth sailing. Um, And I would encourage them to um, reach out to others. Don't go through it alone. Um, Find others that you can relate to. Um, And, yeah, I think we've we've heard the word resilience a lot in the past few months, but you will have to be resilient um, and stick through the highs and lows. But it is a very uh, fulfilling career.
2: That's Lusanda Rapulu, Head of Employment and Benefits Practice at Bowman, a leading African law firm.
10: Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story.
11: There's nothing good about alcohol. Alcohol is destructive. Alcohol destroys families. Alcohol destroys life. Alcohol contributes to unprotected sex and spreading of diseases. Alcohol contributes to domestic violence, abuse of children and women.
12: Channel Africa. WHO recommends 30 minutes of physical activity a day for adults and one hour a day for children. If your local or national guidelines allow it, go outside for a walk, a run or a ride and keep a safe distance from others. If you can't leave the house, find an exercise video online. Dance to music, do some yoga or walk up and down the stairs.
0: Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth to slow the spread of the coronavirus. For more information on the coronavirus, visit the World Health Organization site at www.who.int.
2: It's 7.41 Central African time, and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine, coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. The Johannesburg Metro Police Department says it has seen a decline in the number of vehicle crashes reported in the city since the start of a national lockdown in March. However, officials say it's unclear... And this is directly related to the ban on alcohol sales. Some vehicle repair shops say the drop in the number of vehicles needing repairs is costing them financially. Hadesan Sitoli reports.
10: Philip de Mendoza owns a penal beating shop in Cramerville north of Johannesburg. Prior to the lockdown, he used to repair between 20 and 30 cars per month.
9: Um, it slowed basically everything down. That's got to do with motor vehicle repairs. Repair of motor vehicles, it is actually slowed everything, everything down. You know, before it was like 20, 30 cars a month. Now I'm doing maybe five, six a month. We have to recover because, I mean, I've got people employed. And if we don't recover, you know, I'm going to send everybody home.
10: Johannesburg Metropolis says it has recorded a massive decline in the number of car crashes since March. However, there was an increase mid-year. JMPD spokesperson Wayne Minar says this may be linked to the lifting of the ban on alcohol
9: in June. There was a sharp increase in accidents during the month of June where alcohol was a contributory factor. The accident rate had doubled compared to May. But the accident rate now is declining quite substantively as a result of the ban on alcohol.
10: Tow truck drivers, however, disagree. They say vehicle crashes have to do with human behavior. They have attended too many accidents as a result of people driving while talking on their cell phones, applying makeup or skipping red robots.
11: Ah, uh, the say It's not about human behavior. It's like the way I went by ignoring alcohol. The accident, it's not about And said, it's accident is not about getting drunk shopping center, you know? like now, understand. not about or something.
10: This tow truck driver says people who can afford it are still buying alcohol on the black market. Same thing. Same,
14: uh, thing. Hey. same thing. I am it's been there. Uh. Yeah. The lockdown is 7 days from Samueva
12: until Abanganda Nix. They uh-huh. are moving up and down. We will just remember the lockdown, like we will have Nicole Pritch N1. In the 45, 50, the government will have a lot of money. They will have a lot of money.
10: The Mendoza says, apart from the ban on alcohol, other factors also play a role. This includes the key imposed by government. With
9: the lockdown, Everything is closed, so there's nothing actually open for people to get around. Number one, easy restaurants aren't open. Number two, you've got the lockdown from 10 o'clock. You know, people are used to being out till 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. I mean, there was always accidents on the roads without the alcohol. You know, when people go out, they work at night and they work during the day. And at night, everyone wants to go out, maybe have a supper with their wives and missus. And that's where the fatigue comes in. I mean, we always had long days and everything else.
2: That report by Oro the south africa company lockdown boza has announced the launch of its new shop safe feature on its lo- local lockdown boza application which aims to help curb the spread of covid-19 in malls the company hopes that with shop safe South Africans can now beat the crowds, avoid malls at their busiest hours and subsequently minimise the queuing times that have become a characteristic of lockdown life. To discuss this further, Samora Mangesi spoke to Emma Patel, co-founder of the Lockdown Bolsa application.
15: We're all in difficult times now and I think if anything we can all agree that this is a highly stressful time and people are really anxious. So we need to rebuild um, our economy. We need to rebuild our lives. Financially, everyone needs to get on with their lives. So this part of the app, this feature of the app will allow people to do that safely. And that's what we're aiming to do, right? We just want to get on. We want to remove anxiety. We just want to get on with our lives. So essentially, the Shop Safe allows um, users to understand when their nearest mall is busy or not busy. It's a really simple feature. You can go in, you can select your mall, your local shopping mall, either from a drop-down list like by searching for it or by scrolling through a map. And essentially what it will do is it will tell you with a traffic light system whether that shopping mall is busy. It will be green if it's busy. If it's moderately busy, it will be amber. And if it's really busy, it's red. So you can plan whether or not you want to go to this area at that point in time. You can toggle through and switch between days and times and really plan your week. So if you do need to go out, you can really curb the spread of this disease now. You're not going to have to go when there's a whole group of people, massive crowds, where it becomes really quite high risk. So for those, um, for those people that have got um, underlying health conditions, or comorbidities or you know who are really concerned about going out because of the crowds they are able to now plan their time go okay well i can see this shopping mall this shopping center is really you know not busy on a tuesday afternoon at 3 pm that's when i'm gonna go so that's the thinking behind it
14: all right and uh how does it actually work like do you do uh does it track people's cell phones are there people that are sitting at the door in the shopping malls and ticking off how many people are coming in like how does it actually work
15: (laughs) so we've actually partnered with a company called lightstone which is a local data analytics company and they're working with tracker which is the vehicle recovery um company and essentially what happens is they track the movement of the cars. So it's completely anonymous, but they'll be able to turn around and say, within this shopping mall, there's so many cars and they're staying there for so, so many minutes. And from that, we take that data and then we we make it look pretty and put it into a um, a nice, easy, usable kind of format, which is what you'll get on on our app. So it's essentially tracking cars
14: all right okay That that, that makes uh, a lot more sense than what i was imagining in my mind
15: <laughs> and a lot uh you don't need to worry about the safety element of it in terms of the personal data because i know that a lot of people are concerned about the use of the phones and the bluetooth and people having that kind of information this is purely done on the cars and it's completely anonymous
14: what makes you so confident that the introduction of this f- uh, feature Will have any influence on when South Africans decide to visit malls?
15: Like, I think it's um, it's twofold. So, some people, like I said, will want to plan their day. They will want to plan their week. When am I going to do that big weekly shop? So that they can do that, because we've got historic data there, and we can then predict what we expect to see, um, the how busy these malls are on specific times of the week. Um, and similarly, if you want to turn around and quickly run out and get your your bottle of milk, you can go in and you can see your local shops around you, which one is busier than the other, and you can quickly go to the one that is, you know, the least busy. Or you can say, I can hold off for an hour because then I know. So that way, by just giving you that little bit of information, which we don't we don't currently have, you're sat at home not knowing normally, You'll be able to make the right informed decision. Do you actually want to go? It's really busy. Do you really need that milk? Um, So that's kind of what we're looking at. We do need to go out. We do need to carry on with our lives. But what we want to do is take away that fear that some people are having at the moment to say, look, I don't know. I don't have the inflammation. I'm too scared to go out because there's lots of people. Um, I don't know how, you know, are they going to be socially distanced? Well, if you're in a very busy mall, you can't. The queues are ridiculous. So, the idea is for us to be able to go through, and and yeah, and just be able to know when is the best time to shop for you.
14: What are some of the challenges that you were met with in the process of developing the lockdown buzz application?
15: Um, the main challenges are just to try and get the to ensure that we've got the correct data, but also. To present it in a way that is easy to use, so that it can apply to everybody, um, and you know, we're always looking for partners to develop the other other um, features for the site, and also to help us with the cost, because ultimately this, that we're running this app as a free app, so and we want it we want it to remain as a free app where possible, because. It's important. Like we said, this is a really difficult time for people and the best thing that we can offer them at this time is information um, and the correct information. The challenges would definitely be um, finances, but I think that's with every business at the moment Um, and time. We want to get these. We wanted to get this out as quickly as possible. So it's working tirelessly to try and achieve that.
2: That was Emma Patel, co-founder of the Lockdown Bolsa application, speaking to Samura Mangesi. It's 7.51 and our economics update up next with Tavis Olohoko.
0: Good morning. The High Court in Cape Town has reserved a judgment in British American Tobacco South Africa BATSA's application to challenge government's ban on the sale of cigarettes. Pat SA has argued that the ban is not based on scientific evidence and is unconstitutional. Government lawyers told the court that the ban was needed to prevent smokers who contracted COVID-19 from developing severe symptoms. A full bench of judges heard the matter on Monday. It's not clear at this stage when the court will hand down judgment. Individuals and businesses in Kenya have until end of this month to apply for amnesty on defaulted tax or risk seizure and auctioning of the property. The Kenya Revenue Authority last week said the affected who owe in tax areas have up until the end of August to apply for the waiver on penalties and interest. The Revenue Service says businesses and individuals seeking waivers must meet the requirements in line with the Tax Procedures Act of 2015. That gives the KRA's Commissioner of Domestic Taxes power to forego penalties and interest. Eswatini is the first country preparing to roll a digital post COVID 19 economic recovery assessment tool called AfriSnap. The date when the post COVID 19 economic recovery tool will be made available to all African countries will be announced by government soon. The African Electronic Trade Group Director Treasure Mapanga says that this move is directly inspired by the challenges faced by businesses to get factual and up-to-date information during the pandemic. Mapanga says it will also support government's efforts to receive feedback from citizens. Lesotho's Motai Diamond Mine has temporarily suspended operations to pave way for the reviewing of Luke Harper, Diamond Company's diamond marketing uh, a proposal. If effected, the proposal will give Lukapa, an Australian company, exclusive diamond trading and rights for the next five years. Lukapa is the majority shareholder in the mine with a 70% stake, while the remaining 30% is controlled by the government. The mine has started commercial mining in January last year. The mine is currently under care and maintenance after suspending operations in June. U.S. President Donald Trump has signed an executive order to address what he called the threat posed by the popular Chinese-owned app TikTok. A ban on transactions with the parent company ByteDance comes into force in 45 days. The president said he had to take aggressive action to protect U.S. nation security. The BBC's David Willis reports. The executive orders maintain that TikTok and WeChat constitute a threat both to the economy and the national security of the United States and accuse the owners of collecting personal information, which could be used either for corporate espionage or blackmail purposes or to track the location of U.S. government workers or contractors. The US computer giant Microsoft has expressed interest in acquiring TikTok's business here and Microsoft now has 45 days in which to complete the purchase. The U.S. dollar is trading at 3.8213 Nigerian Nara, 11.50 Botswana pula, 106.90 Kenyan shilling, and 18.27 Zambian kwacha. In BRICS currencies, Brazil one U.S. dollar trades at 5.31 in Russia, 73 rubles uh, 16 in India, 74 rupees 69 in China a dollar. It's changing hands at 6 94, and in South Africa it costs 17 rand. 42 The US dollar is trading at 76 pence to the British pound and 84 cents to the euro gold 1000 or, or rather 2054 dollars platinum 973 dollars per ounce brand crude 45 dollars 56 cents a barrel. Nowadays, normally, Lulu, when I get to other uh, commodities, um, I always refer to gold being at a thousand and only to realize that due to the pandemic it has shot up at two thousand mm. so it's the getting used to pot, I suppose <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Africa rise and shine Africa tour Africa amka na unai
2: That wraps up Africa Rise and Shine today and for the week. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producer Luanda Maume, technical producer Mario Edwards, and the rest of the team, thank you for joining us. For comments about our show, send us an email at info.channelafrica.co.za or WhatsApp on 277 or tweet us at Channel Africa One. Our taking us to the top of the hour for the news is Vum Vum by Brown Dash. Take care. And keep safe.
11: Baby. Be-